0: I'm Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. I have a little bit of a cold, so if I sound silly, just bear with me. If you're following me on Instagram, at Justin Lesko, then you saw last week when I posted a story about how I get asked all the time about supplements and what I take and why. And I promised I'd do an episode all about supplements for Jiu-Jitsu, and here is that episode. Supplements can be an important part of your fitness and health routine, and they can also be snake oil and garbage you should avoid. Hopefully this episode will help you stay on the good side of things. I'm going to get into what I take and why, and also what Noah needs to take and what you should avoid. What you definitely should avoid is paying full price for jujitsu apparel at epicrollbjj.com. By using the code PODCAST15 at checkout to get 15% off geese, rash guards, fight shorts, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, joggers, and more. Epic Roll is high-quality gear that is made specifically for jujitsu by grapplers. Don't waste more money on gear that wasn't designed to hold up to the demands of hard jujitsu training sessions. Give Epic Roll a follow on Instagram at EpicRollBJJ and make sure you use the code PODCAST15 at EpicRollBJJ.com epicrollbjj.com, coupon code PODCAST15. Now, let's talk about supplements. Welcome to That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Before we get into what I take, I do want to give you an important note about supplements in general. There is zero regulation on the supplement industry if you go to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription that has to be okayed by the FDA to make sure it's not a poison that will immediately kill you. The FDA does not perform that same oversight on dietary supplements. That is straight from the FDA website. That's not just me saying that. The FDA website says, quote, The FDA does not have the authority to approve dietary supplements for safety and effectiveness or to approve their labeling before the supplements are sold to the public, end quote. Basically, that means there's no regulation on whether or not a given supplement produced by a given company is safe or effective, or that what the company claims is in the supplement is actually in there. This makes things a little difficult when you're buying supplements because you can't be truly guaranteed that what you pay for is what you are going to get or that it will be effective. I get all of my supplements from a company called BPN, Bare Performance Nutrition. They have a good reputation in the fitness industry, and every product that comes to their warehouse is tested by Informed Sport to make sure it's free of banned substances. I put a link to BPN in the description if you want to check them out and pick up some of the things I take. I do recommend them. I've been a customer for a long time. On to what I take. Protein shakes for me are both a matter of convenience and also a way to make up for what I'm lacking from my diet, you know, to supplement it. According to the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, Dietitians of America, and the American College of Sports Medicine, the current data suggests that physically active individuals should consume 1.2 to 2 grams per kilogram of body weight of protein each day. I'm a little shy of 80 kilos, so if I wanted to hit that 2 grams per kg mark, I need 160 grams of protein a day, and for me, that's a lot to eat. A protein shake helps me get closer to my daily protein goal, and it's convenient. I can just mix it up and drink it whenever throughout the day. Do you need a protein shake if you're easily hitting your daily nutritional goals? Probably not. But if you were to track your food for a week, I'd assume the average person is not hitting their protein goals every day of the week. Maybe I'm wrong and and maybe you're hitting your protein goals, but for me, it's just a lot to consume in a day. Protein is extremely important for your body and it's how your body repairs your muscles after activity. The amino acids in the protein itself repair muscle tissue and helps your recovery after workouts. When you are strength training or taxing your muscles, the muscles slightly tear and your body uses protein to repair those tears. You repeat that process enough times and the muscle grows. And that's a very simple breakdown of muscle growth, but that's basically the gist. Without protein, your body will struggle to repair the damage you inflict on it through training. So for me, protein is a super important macronutrient that I track even more than I track calories because I need to make sure I'm getting in what I need to recover. Another thing that I take is creatine. Creatine is one of the most researched supplements there is and it is also one of the most effective supplements you can take to help with performance. Creatine is a molecule that is naturally found in your body, and whether you supplement with creatine or not, if you consume meat and or fish as part of your diet, then you already have creatine in your body. But just like all supplements, I take this to bridge the gap between what's naturally occurring and consumed through my diet, and what I need to maximize my performance and recovery. In very simple terms, so that this episode doesn't get super boring, Creatine turns ADP molecules to ATP molecules, which makes more energy available for high intensity exercise. That's as deep as I'm going to get into the chemistry because I would like for you to continue listening and not get super bored. Creatine's main benefit is improving strength and power during resistance exercise, which I totally feel. It won't add 10% to your one rep max on any given exercise, but it might help you get in an extra set or two before your muscles completely fatigue. And you have to stop your workout earlier than you would if you were not supplementing with creatine. There have also been some studies with mixed results on creatine's effect on anaerobic exercise, but I do also notice a benefit here. Again, it won't make you win a match you otherwise would lose, but I notice I can train harder before my muscles start fatiguing to the point of needing a rest when I take creatine versus when I don't. For me, if I'm in a stretch of really hard training or a camp for an upcoming match or tournament, then creatine is a must-have. Pre-workout drinks are something that you really don't need if you can just drink coffee. If you like coffee and you need some caffeine and some energy, just drink that. There's two problems here. Number one, I hate coffee. And number two, most people who do like coffee don't want to drink it immediately before a hard training session. This is where a good pre-workout fits in. In the research paper titled International Society of Sports Nutrition Position Stand, Caffeine and Exercise Performance, which was just a real pearler of a read, the authors are supporting the idea that caffeine can be a strong aid to your athletic performance. I feel better when training after having taken a pre-workout. You can get pre-workout gels or bars or even caffeine pills. For me, the easiest thing for convenience and also for my stomach is to just have a scoop of pre-workout powder in a shaker cup and drink that about an hour before training. Coffee is a disgusting, vile liquid. A hot beverage? Who needs it? I'll stick with pre-workout. This next one is definitely a crossover for me from endurance sports, but I always supplement hard jujitsu training with electrolytes. Electrolytes are essential minerals that include sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium, and chloride. Electrolytes are involved in the process of maintaining proper hydration in your body. I don't know about you, but during rolls, I sweat a lot. When your body sweats, you're not just losing water, you lose all of those minerals I just mentioned. If you only put back in water, you're not replenishing a key ingredient that you just lost that helps your body be properly hydrated. Poor hydration means fatigue, cramps, headaches, all stuff that I don't want. I actually mix electrolytes with my pre-workout that I take before training, and then I drink electrolytes after training as well to replenish anything I lost more than what I put in ahead of time. Please take your hydration seriously and give your water some support. Just to recap, the supplements I take are protein for recovery and muscle building, creatine for added performance, pre-workout for the benefits of caffeine without having to drink coffee, and electrolytes to maintain proper hydration. Now we'll move on to a different kind of list, all of the supplements that you definitely do not need to take. BCAAs or branch chain amino acids are essential amino acids that are commonly taken as a supplement because of their role in muscle growth and development. I mentioned how supplements can be good to make up for things lacking from your diet and are useful in that way, but if you're consuming a decent diet that consists of at least some meat, then you are not deficient in these amino acids. Studies show that supplementation of BCAAs alone does not increase muscle growth. People often cite a study that shows the benefits of BCAAs because in this study BCAAs were shown to help the conversion of type 2 muscle fibers to type 1 muscle fibers. But when citing this study, they leave out the part that this study was performed on rats, not people. Rats are not people. They have different biology. You can't just assume because something worked on rats, it will definitely work on people. Taking BCAAs will not by themselves help you, and you're probably getting everything you need here in your diet already. If BCAAs are an ingredient in your pre-workout or something else you're taking, it won't hurt you, but you don't need to seek them out. Glutamine is an essential amino acid and is involved in many functions in the body, and it's been wrongly assumed that it's helpful in muscle growth and recovery. People assume that because glutamine is found in the muscles, then if so facto, it will help your muscles grow post-workout. This is not the case. Research shows there is no evidence that glutamine helps in recovery, and it has very low bioavailability when consumed orally, meaning your body just can't use it. Don't waste your money on this unless you're otherwise deficient because you are a vegetarian or a vegan, in which case you should also reconsider your dietary choices. People like to take fat burners to burn fat. It's a pretty well-named thing. You could see how in a weight-restricted sport like jiu-jitsu, the idea of dropping body fat easily would have a large appeal. However, they don't work. Your body burns fat when it needs to, as a fuel source and through thermoregulation, which is maintaining your body temperature. When you take fat burners or fat loss supplements, you're trying to trick your body into burning fat when it doesn't need to be burning fat. According to Dr. Eddie Joe, quote, fat burner supplements cannot extensively override these factors and have practically trivial effects on fat metabolism and body composition, end quote. So basically they don't work. Your body is too good at regulating itself and its systems to magically burn fat when it is not required to do so. If you need to lose fat, the only thing you can do is put yourself into a caloric deficit where you are consuming less calories than you are burning. That's it. No magic pills. Just eat less than you burn. So that's it for supplements I take and recommend. Three supplements you don't need and should stay away from. Remember, supplements are just that, supplemental. If you're getting everything you need from your diet, then you don't need supplements. But if you're like me and you know your diet isn't providing everything you need to maximize your performance, then you should look into filling those gaps with supplements. I will put the link to BPN in the episode notes. That's where I get everything I take. I like their stuff and I know it's clean. I hope this was all very helpful for you. I appreciate you all listening and I will see you all in the next one.